0: This is your other brother's podcast. in my heart but it
1: ain't for fear welcome friends to your other brother's podcast navigating faith homosexuality and masculinity together from the jewel of the blue ridge my name is tom and i'm so glad you're here from the city of oaks we missed him last time it is our dear brother ryan what's up ryan not much. Greetings, friends. I missed you too, Tom. I missed you. I was gonna say uh, I totally missed up my my intro. I was gonna say good morning, Ryan, because we're recording in the morning, which we never do. <laughs> <It's> weird. <laughs> this is so it's weird. weird. I like had breakfast, and now here I am. It's like wow. And joining us, making his Yobcast debut. I was debating what to how to intro this, but I'm gonna go with this from the folksy tundra. Of Minnesota. It's our other brother, Aaron. What's up, Aaron?
2: Hello. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Pleasure to be here. I
1: was see, Aaron, I was gonna call it I, I've always like called in my own head, I've called Minnesota the frozen tundra or like some sort of tundra, but I always think of, of Canada because I've A beloved Canadian friends um, north of you, I've always considered that maybe the frozen tundra. So I was trying to think, okay, it's still a tundra, but what is it? And you guys, you would be so self, you would admit this yourself, you guys are so folksy up there. So that's that's what I went with.
2: So folksy. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, right now it's actually raining. And so there is not snow falling, which is kind of a big deal. You never really know Mm. what you're gonna get in March. So we'll see. We're hoping for the best.
1: Yeah. And I've been there so many times in the summertime. And I, I completely recognize that it's not just like snowing year round, but, but we're just for the sake of hilarity and for the sake of giving your location, its own Yob name. That is, that is what I came up with. So the folksy tundra and Aaron, this isn't your first recording. It's your, it's your Yobcast debut, but you just were on the, the Convo cast a few episodes ago. So if listeners missed it, that's how they can like
2: really get into meeting you. Right, and apparently, I did a decent enough job that you still invited me to come on. Yeah, so <laughs> that was, I'm feeling good. That about was the, the trajectory.
1: That was the preliminary like assessment. Like, let's let's get him one on one and let's see how he does. And it was a delightful conversation. We talked about how we met, or we talked about like lying down, looking up at the sky. We talked about. Um, how you joined Yob out of jealousy. Like we, right. we covered so much in our 20 minutes together. <laughs> yeah.
2: So many self-revealing things. You just work. It so right many, out of us. Yep, it's great. Yeah. So listeners, if you missed it, go check out the Convocast.
1: You're actually our premier guest on this, this new run of, of episodes that we started, um, just recently for the Convocast. cast. So, so it was fun to, to hit the ground running with a brand new voice that people had never before and we hope Aaron again if this assuming this key continues to go well we would love to have you back so So you'll you'll see I guess if I'm on
2: another one you know that it went well and if not (laughs) then listeners I'm sorry I failed you
1: (laughs) it was a nice try yeah (laughs) good good effort um well Aaron we're gonna talk today and Ryan too we're gonna talk about church angst that is our, our topic tonight there's a lot of people in our community that have a lot of angstiness when it comes to both Little C Church and Big C Church. We're gonna differentiate those today and uh and kind of share some of our stories, our journeys with with both of those, with Little C Church with Big C church. So so it looks I look forward to a, a good conversation. Ryan, I thought it would be fun. This is like what we always do when we have new people on the show. We always like to initiate them with some get to know you questions. So we do have that combo mm. cast that listeners can go back to if they want to get to know Aaron that way. But but this is the yabcast. This is the big boys table as we like to call it. <laughs> so, how 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 um how should we get to know Aaron? Do you have any um good probing get to know you questions for our brother? So,
3: Aaron, uh, one thing I've noticed about you whenever we're um up close and personal is that your skin is very nice. Your facial skin, your face is very clear. And so I was wondering um like can you do you have anything to share about that do you have what what's your skin care or skin health journey been like do you have like a skin care routine or any tips or advice for the listeners
2: wow i love that thank you for affirming my beautiful skin um partly <laughs> one time okay yeah. real quick
3: one time i straight up asked you are you wearing foundation because <laughs> i don't you remember looks, that. it was
1: just wow. <laughs> it yeah. was just
2: so immaculate yeah uh-huh. just for the record i do not nor have i ever worn foundation although there is nothing wrong with wow that. um no i think step number one live in minnesota where nine months of the year your skin is not exposed to the sun that mm. certainly helps okay. um Step number two, just be born with beautiful, luscious skin and just roll with it. <laughs> I, I guess so. I Can skin add, be
1: luscious? Is, is, is that a good adjective mm-hmm. for skin? We're going to go myself. with it. Yeah, continue. I, Aaron's skin is
3: luscious. Yeah,
2: yeah exactly. It's a good <laughs> adjective for my skin. I'm not sure about yours, Tom. It's true. No, <laughs> it's true. It is luscious. Right. Yeah. No, I, uh, I have been fortunate to not have to deal with a lot of skin issues like acne and stuff my mom and brother have had more trouble with skin. And my mom, my whole time growing up was always like, I'm so glad that you got good skin and not my skin and all that. Sort of stuff, Aww. Which is really sweet. Um, I do a little bit of maintenance. I mean, I wash my face every morning and then I use like, uh, antibacterial swab or some such for any acne spots that start to show up. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm surprised. I feel like my skin along with the rest of my body is just, it sort of rebels against me constantly. So even though it may appear to this, it, there's always something. inwardly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, Been there. Yeah. Right. Things but I'm, may I'm look right like, all right on the outside. It's not noticeable apparently. Right. So that's good
3: so he is born with it it is not maybelline (laughs) no it is not ryan
1: i was gonna use that joke (laughs) maybe he was born with it
2: yeah you've got like you've got strong what is it swedish blood in you i do yeah and norwegian on the other side so the genes were ever in my favor in that way and you're tall
1: you're like so
2: delightfully tall (laughs) if you go (laughs) you're not like obscenely tall Right, but, yeah. right. Well, I'm like six four, so I'm I'm usually the tallest person in the room. Not always, but usually, mm-hmm. or at least among them. That was not the case at the retreat. I was gonna
1: say at the retreat, you had some company. You had some I company did. in the six three, six four, six five. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Um, but in Sweden, when I was visiting Sweden and Denmark, it was interesting because I was kind of just like the average height there. Maybe just barely above 100. Wow. Mm-hmm. There were lots of people all the time who were taller than me, and it was a bit disorienting. That's
1: got to be jarring, yeah. That's got to be very. It's an interesting dynamic to be to go from always being the tallest in the room to just being another one of the. Like, could you imagine everyone at the retreat being six four? That's so wild to me to think
2: about. <laughs> It's nice to find clothing
1: And and Yab's Swedish Yab Swedish retreats. Yeah, yeah. Well, I texted you, Aaron, about Sweden because we have this weird—not weird. It's great. We have this. It's just unexpected. We have an unexpected uptick in our Swedish listenership. So, shout out to the nation of Sweden for those that are listening from Sweden. You are representing your homeland today.
2: That's right. (laughs) I'm proud to do it.
1: So, it's good. Low key. The Swedish flag is one of my favorite flags. I love that flag. I don't know what it is, like the color scheme, just the, the simplicity of it. Like I, I've always loved the Swedish flag and I long to visit someday. It's so. well worth
2: it. I recommend it to everybody. It's great to be there. Also, everybody speaks English. So even if you don't know anything about Swedish or Sweden, it's pretty easy to navigate as a traveler.
1: Nice. Well, if this if this Swedish listenership continues I will have no choice but to go visit and find By popular demand yeah. yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> that's how you get Tom to come visit if there is an uptick I will be there I will heed the call um and I was joking with Ryan before you signed on Aaron because today for anya talk our Enneagram quotient is very well filled here today because you are well I'll, I'll let you self-identify what what do you self-identify That's right as don't put your
2: the yeah,
0: world' your I'm not gonna label on you. me.
2: I'm a six, six wings. Six. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and that's really cool and really fitting because like to my knowledge, I'm trying to think, I don't think we've ever had a six on this show. Ryan, can you think of other sixes we've had on this show? I don't think we've had one.
3: Oh, don't put me on this spot because <laughs> somebody is going to be a six and I will have forgotten they were on we the had, show. So and... like Jacob's
1: a two, Matt's an eight, Dean's a two, Marshall's a two. We've had a lot of twos on this show. <laughs> Um, to my knowledge, you're the only six. But I mean, maybe some guests here now. Who knows? What's Preston Sprinkle? What is he? Well, I, I three. Surely he, he gives off three vibes. <laughs> <laughs> three vibes. Um, but anyway, it's great because yeah, we in our group we do this poll, and I don't know how scientific or how accurate it is, but we have a poll on our Facebook group, and our biggest quotients of people are twos, fours, nines, and sixes. And so I feel like finally the sixes have a voice on this show so again no pressure you're representing sweden and you're representing all sixes that are listening so
2: i'm ready all the best this is our moment sixes band together we shall conquer
1: (laughs) don't don't run away in fear because that's what you do that
2: is what we do yeah if i just suddenly sign are you
1: So sixes have always been strange to me, and we won't go too long on any talk, but sixes have been strange to me because they're so different, like of all the types that I've encountered or read about, sixes are the most diverse because of how they treat their fear or how they face their fear. And like, so basically it's like fight or flight, right? Like you either, there are some sixes who are so aggressive and they'll, they come across as eights, they come across as bullies, they come across as like fierce, dominant people. And then there's other ones that are just so fear like what what you think of as fear, which is just running away from something and not facing it head on. Mm. Where do you fall? Where do you fall when you when you are facing fear, when you have stress in your life, how do you where do you where do you associate?
2: Uh great question. I think I'm somewhere in the middle probably. I would say the benefit of having that constant prodding anxiety that's just draining the life from you all the time is that it caused me to like so a three wants to get A's and do well on a presentation because they need to like prove themselves, right? For a six, I was desperately terribly afraid of not getting an A or not being able to answer a question that was asked of me. And that's what drove me to be successful in school. So I was a very socially anxious person, despite having friends and being relatively personable and in, in a crowd, but um yeah, that it was still pretty anxiety driven. I think a lot of like my wit and humor and stuff was found in my anxiety, and gotcha. um, yeah, it's a wonderful, terrible thing.
1: <laughs> welcome, <laughs> welcome to humanity. We all yeah. have wonderful, terrible vices, but um, but yeah, I'm so glad, so glad you're here, and it's good to have, like I said, a, a nice cross section of personalities present for this for this conversation today um before we get to announcements i have to i have to bring up the latest craze to hit the yob world the la- latest latest. <laughs> 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 ryan's laughing but so this is coming out in april this episode but around around the country nay the world um march is known for something called march madness um and that's this um, college basketball tournament here in America, where we start out with sixty four. Used to be sixty four. Now I think it's sixty eight teams. And within the course of a couple of weeks, they like narrow down this tournament down to one, and there's a national champion. Um, and so the the cultural trend is that people will do brackets for everything. They'll make brackets for favorite Disney movies or favorite foods or desserts or whatever um and i had this idea a few weeks ago i was like what if yob had a bracket and we just put a bunch of just yob stuff on this bracket (laughs) and when i first started i was like there's no way i'm gonna come up with 64 things like that is just too intense that's too hardcore and so i started out with a bracket of 16 and i was like okay that's that seems doable like 16 i had stuff like jewel of the blue ridge and even the sparrow finds a home a home and um and just like I don't know, just other stuff that Yab is known for, right? And then I put it out to the community and was asking for suggestions. Like, is there anything I'm missing? Like, what are some what are some Yabi Yabi things that I could put on this bracket? And I got so many. And then as longer it went, I started thinking about more. I was like, oh my gosh, I think I think I have enough for 64. And it's a little intense. It's a little crazy, but let's just do it. Like, let's just full on have a 64 item bracket. And then for the rest of March and maybe going into April, we do this bracket this yob madness and uh and (laughs) i just wanted to read off some of the highlights of the bracket of this of this here tournament are you are you ready to hear these things you guys yes
0: yes
1: (laughs) so so there were some community things i'm not going to like out people's names because like that's part of the bracket and part of the the joy of yob like there's podcast stuff there's blog stuff and there's also community stuff retreat stuff so so there's a lot of inside jokes that the general audience wouldn't understand or appreciate. So, um, but then there's a lot of stuff that that you guys would know. There's this, so to say that, so in the community division, there is this GIF I never know how to say it. Is it GIF or GIF? Who cares? It's one GIF, of those. Definitely it's a GIF. GIF. Okay, I'll say GIF. Hard G. Um, so there's this GIF that one of our members always posts when we get a new member to the group, and it's Fran. I think her name's Fran Drescher. Is that her name? She's like from the sitcom from the 80s or something, and she's waving her arms in a circle. I'll put this on the on the video <laughs> This is a good video clip. So she she's waving her arms in a circle and saying, welcome. And he posts that. It was so funny when he posted that for the first time like a year ago. And then he posted it again when we had an, another new member join. And then it just like became his thing that anytime a new member joins Job, both now in the Facebook group and now on our Discord, he will post this <laughs> GIF of Fran Drescher waving her arms saying, welcome. And it's been so iconic that it made its way into the bracket. And you guys, this GIF has slaughtered like literally not literally but metaphorically slaughtered our entire community because one of the items on the list was all the INFJs in the community because for some reason all the INFJs. Our group literated. is like 80% INFJ. So like all of them gone. Um it overtook a couple other of our of our members and some of the shticks that they are, are known for. And Ryan sad to say it also overtook your hair. My hair
3: <laughs> lost to this gift. Ryan's from hair the was
1: Ryan's hair was a number one seed, you guys, and I thought Ryan's hair was unstoppable until it came into Fran Drescher, and Fran Drescher just swept it away.
3: <laughs> Honestly, it's fine. I, you know, I don't, I don't like the pressure. My hair doesn't like the pressure. My hair, my hair is, you know, looking at some other, other career options.
1: You <laughs> know, Ryan, not um, to, not to down your hair. It doesn't look as, it doesn't look as poofy today. It looks a little down. <laughs> it's you know, a little deflated. I.
3: I have not, uh, yeah, it, that's, that's fine. My hair is, my hair is good at other things besides, uh, winning tournaments. Did you, Brian, did you want to subject your hair to this scrutiny or did Tom just do it to you? I, I, my hair was entered into the tournament, uh, without (laughs) it. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. No wonder it lost. It had no
2: will to carry on.
1: I was. I was wondering, Ryan, if you were hoping your hair would win, or if you're like, "Oh gosh, please let it lose." <laughs> right, I'm not gonna, loose. gonna
3: lie, I voted for my hair every time.
1: Oh, you did, okay, I was but wondering. I don't... <laughs> I don't want to get I'm too. I'm not heartbroken. I, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I don't. I don't want people to out how they voted at the ballot box. Like that's a personal decision. So I'm not going <laughs> to force anyone to say how they voted. But, um but yeah. Nonetheless, Ryan, style your hair. Your hair had a good run. It it made it through a few rounds. It defeated Nate's sexuality. So there's that. Oh, wow. Yeah. We had we had straight Nate going up against uh, Ryan's hair, and Straight Nate had no chance. Sorry,
3: yeah, defeated Ooh. his straight sexuality with my fabulous hair. <laughs> that is uh, yeah. not, you know, that hasn't worked out as often as I would have liked in my life.
2: Yeah,
1: <laughs> some uh, some spoilers and some surprises from this from this tournament. Um, a number eight seed from our retreat division was awkward hugs or handshakes on the first day and surprisingly that had a good run that that made it through a couple rounds but it just it had, it had a it had a limited run but but it was a spoiler it, it it got through it got through some some folks um i was really shocked that this one lost in the first round a number one seed searching for porn and finding your other brothers it didn't make it past the first round i was so disappointed i was in mourning over that one because so many people have, so many people have told me, like, yeah, I was searching for porn one day and found your other brothers. It's happened you know, enough times, my, you guys. My theory
3: on that is that porn has gotten spicier and weirder, and you haven't updated the Yob SEO, like the Yob search terms <laughs> <forums, laughs> to keep up. So you need to I need to, you need to put some weird stuff in there. Wow. Um, that's true.
1: And you'll start that's, seeing that's that That's wise. Yeah. Porn's only gonna get more. <laughs> it's missional,
2: Tom. We we need to do <laughs> it for the people. <laughs>
1: It's missional. I love that. Um, In the sponsor division, you guys. Okay, so Pair of Thieves, even though it's never been an actual sponsor, it was an honorary sponsor, basically, of this show. Pair of Thieves, the number one seed, tore through the competition. Um, Other sponsors that were present. One of my favorite matchups in the whole tournament, but especially in the sponsors division, was... We had our episode on fear. We had these wandering Brazilian spiders that cause erections in men when they bite you because it like puts an increased blood flow down there. And we had so so I put it on the tournament as Brazilian erection spiders. And then there was a matchup between them and Preston Sprinkles. So I just imagine, and Preston Sprinkles, plural. So I just imagine Preston Sprinkles standing on a hill with an army of Brazilian erection spiders coming to him. And in my head, I had him shirtless with like a machete or something. Like that's how I was picturing the matchup. Um, and sadly, the erection spiders overtook him. It was it was <laughs> tragic.
2: Wow. Is he aware of it? Does he know that? I've
1: had so much. You guys, I've had so much fun with this. <laughs> if you can't tell. <laughs> I had such a good time. No, he's not aware and I'm not planning on telling him anytime soon even though I now have his telephone number. I'm not going to be telling him that cuz I hope he comes back. But um but the sadly the erection spiders were no match for pair of thieves. Pair of thieves slaughtered the erection spiders. So f- finally a pair of thieves had such a run through the tournament and pair of thieves met its match. Sadly, this one this one caused a rift. <laughs> on the discord there was a rift when this (laughs) happened pair of thieves lost to the enneagram and this caused yeah this caused an uproar people had strong feelings about about this loss um i guess i should mention people were voting yeah people were mentioned were voting on all of these throughout the the tournament on the matchup between one or the other um so the enneagram made it into the final four against bro cuddling (laughs) <laughs> specifically bro cuddling which ryan i love how you just like can we just call it, cuddling? <laughs> Why have to yeah, call it bro cuddling or as i like
3: to call it cuddling <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it's been dubbed bro cuddling on our community so this was the matchup so as was Enneagram versus bro cuddling in the final four and on the other side it was that fran drescher gif against you are not alone even the sparrow finds a home like our classic tag sign off against a gif hilarious matchup um And so now I'm revealing this for the first time to you guys and to, because it hasn't been announced on the board yet, but we have our finals. Our finals are set. And by the time our next episode comes out, we'll have a winner. So I'll be sure to to announce the winner on our next podcast for those that are super curious about all this craziness. Um, But I was shocked. I was shocked by these results on both sides. Fran Drescher finally met her match in our, our, our tagline. It was a classic case of like, do you vote for the silly thing or do you vote for the serious thing? <laughs> and mm. by a hair's margin, people voted for the serious thing. So in the finals, we have You Are Not Alone, Even the Sparrow Finds a Home representing this podcast, really the heartbeat of our community. We welcome the lonely, the outcast um, into, our, into our boat, into our ship. Um, and then on the other side, we had Enneagram versus Bro Cuddling. And this has been the dark horse. It's like one by double digits every single time, but bro cuddling has advanced to the finals, to the matchup. So I am Mm. really curious to see again, what people are going to go with. Are they going with the, the mantra with the sentiment that you are not alone, or are they just going full on for the, the physical touch all over (laughs) the, the bro cuddling, the cuddling. So, so that's the matchup and we'll see we'll see how it how it I how feel like this is but... going to
2: tell us a lot about our community. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know. This this whole tournament's been so telling like what do people care about or, or get in front cuz people have been super they have opinions.
3: Which is why I'm relieved that an underwear brand didn't uh, didn't win <laughs> in seconds. the end. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because the optics are a little weird. Like, oh, those guys are super obsessed with underwear.
1: <laughs> right. So now we're either super obsessed with cuddling or or our, st- our, our our sign-off. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But I think it's been enough. Even though there have been intense emotions shared, I think this has been enough of a success, enough of a thing to at least distract us from COVID that I would love to um, do this again next year. So so stay tuned for Yab Madness. 2022 when the world is hopefully a lot less mad and that's a great segue to our discord and our patreon community because it has been taken off lately you guys it's been awesome to see people getting involved we have our facebook group we've always had our facebook group but this new discord has been really great to to have more avenues for connections so um check out our patreon patreon.com slash your other bros to get involved in the madness that is our community. We love the support. Thank you, all of you guys, for supporting Yob. And you guys, I really need it. I this is a, this is the start of a conversation for Aaron, for Ryan, for anyone listening. Um, normally, when like up until up until now, we've we've always had a goal with our Patreon. Like when we hit a next tier, when we hit the next number of patrons, we'll do this. We'll do this. We'll commit to this. Um, and I've been racking my brain because we're up to we're over 200 patrons now. That was the goal to hit over 200. I would bring back the convo cast on a bi-weekly basis, so we've done that. Um, and now I've set another goal for two hundred fifty patrons, and I don't know what to do, you guys. I don't know what to commit to. Like what's something else we could do when we get like forty something more patrons? like i wanna I wanna just put the feelers out there and and maybe maybe harvest some ideas from from our community because I don't know. like do you guys have any ideas? What could we do at two hundred fifty? What could i what could I do?
2: It's <laughs> a tough one. You could do something crazy. Like it just, it has nothing to do with the uh, podcast or blogs or anything, but you're just going to shave your head or.
1: That's an idea. I could just do a wild, wacky stunt, a one-time thing, right? (laughs) Yeah, maybe. I don't know. That's a good idea. I hadn't hadn't thought about that. See, here I am thinking about like, what can, what other productions can we do or what other, yeah, what other, what other, um, Social media's can we get on? Like I don't know. I'm trying to. I'm racking my brain, trying to figure that out. So hopefully we'll hear, get some good feedback from uh, from me mentioning that. And this is a reminder from our last podcast. We have a Spotify playlist now available called "Heart of a Brother," and it's really great. It's over 100 songs. A lot of a lot of them submitted by members of our community. Songs about adventure and brotherhood and coming of age. And it's been really fun to continue to add to that to kind of go with the theme of angst like I was in an angsty mood the other day and was listening to some Lecrae and some NF and like getting some like really really intense rapping songs on there because we were definitely missing, missing the rap and so I put some some of those on there, and so it's a nice little cross section of songs. Um, Ryan, we mentioned on our last episode that we have a couple Sufjan songs on there. Yeah. And we wanted yeah, yeah. to include you. <laughs> we wanted to include you in the Sufjan fandom because I know you're a big Sufjan
3: mm-hmm.
1: boy. Um, but Ryan, you had you had a favorite. Do you care to share what your one of your favorites of the the Spotify playlist was? You shared it on the Discord.
3: Yes, uh, ever since I started listening to this playlist, the first song I double click on to start <laughs> up um, is uh, I'll Make a Man Out of You from the Mulan soundtrack. Yes. And that's been stuck in my head nonstop uh. ever since. And I'll be honest, like I, I watched Mulan like once when it came out. That was not one of the 27 Disney VHS tapes uh, in my household. Mm. And so I, I had only heard that song once, but, um, that came up on Spotify and I was like, oh man, this, this slaps, like I'm into this. It slaps so so
1: hard. Mysterious as the dark side of the moon. My goodness. Uh The poetry. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get down to
3: business. Would
1: you like to sing it for us, Ryan? We don't have the no. rights. Yeah. Oh, we right. have to be You're right. We, don't we have to be that. careful. Yeah, we've already said too much. But um, yeah. So that's on there. If you just want to listen to the Mulan, the the Mulan song, as like as I call it, over and over, you can do that. And I, I've done that as well. So, um, it's a great little playlist. Heart of a Brother. We'll link it in the description. Um, yeah. I would love your your follow of our playlist because we'll keep we'll keep adding to it as uh, as songs make their way into the mix. And just as a reminder, we now have a Yob store, store store.yourotherbrothers.com. And you can check out our, we have my book, we have some stickers, magnet. um, And the big item is our You Are Not Alone coffee mug. You Are Not Alone, Even Sparrow Finds a Home, also known as the in the finals of Yob Madness Bracket. So if you would like the mug, you can check out um, our store page and check that out. We would love the support in that way as well. And there's a lot of new stuff. This has been like a a exciting new year because the other new thing I wanted to mention that I don't know that I've mentioned on the show yet. I don't think I have is that we are now on TikTok. You guys, this has been a long time coming because I got the your other bros. All of our all of our social media, it's your other bros. If you if you search, it's always at your other bros. And so I got your other bros on TikTok. I don't even know, like a couple of years ago, at least a year, a year and a half ago. And it's just been sitting there. I was like, you know what? Maybe we'll do something with that someday. Maybe not. I don't know. But it was just sitting there, sitting there, sitting there. And then finally, in the the torrent of all the new stuff, the new website, the new store, um, the Spotify playlist, the Discord, I was like, you know what? Let's just do it. Let's just try TikTok and see what happens. And I started uploading some just little 15-second video clips with excerpts from our blog. And to my absolute surprise had no idea it would happen this quickly but thousands upon thousands of people started viewing our TikToks and also following us and we're up to over 2000 followers now on TikTok and it just keeps going and it keeps and it's been pretty well received i mean there have been some negative comments mind you i mean this is this is TikTok <laughs> but um but it's been really well received people have been super supportive we've gotten we've already gotten in just a short time we've already gotten a few patrons shout out to our patrons who are now with us because you found us on TikTok. Like that is so delightful to me that people are continuing to find us through all kinds of ways, porn or otherwise. So um, so thank you, TikTok. You've been s- such a great experience. Um, if you're on the talk, if you want to follow us on Yob Talk, go to TikTok and you can search your other bros. You'll find us. Uh, we'd love the support there as well.
3: That's such a greetings fellow kids moment. <laughs> hey, are you, are you on the talk? <laughs> yeah. Are you on
1: the talk? I'm trying to make the talk a thing, but I don't think people are <laughs> catching on. They're, they're not. They're not rolling with me. Um, <clears throat> it's been so fun to uh, to post stuff on there. Ryan, you did an excerpt for one of your blogs recently, so it was mm-hmm. fun to have. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping some of the other authors will will do some recordings of uh, excerpts from their blogs, and we'll put those on there. So, so I'm excited to see where this little this new little journey takes us. We have a voicemail, you guys, that I'd like to share. And I'm really excited about this voicemail. It's short and sweet, but it is from an iconic commenter. I think he has been commenting for years now. I know he's been commenting Mm -hmm. for years now. I don't know if it's been like all the way to the very beginning, but for the bulk of our existence, there has been this moniker on our website called Wave Dave. And you guys finally in 2021, the year of our Lord, Wave Dave has a voice. Wave Dave speaks. (laughs) So I was so delighted when I heard this, when I saw this message come in. So let's give the floor to Wave Dave and hear what he had to say.
0: Yeah, hi, this is Wave Dave. And I just want to say I love your other brothers and your whole everything means so much to me. And I just want to thank you for everything you all do. And um, I wish you the best. This new podcast, Belonging, is great as they all are. But I just want to say thanks for everything you guys do and how much it means to all of us. Thank you.
1: Wave Dave, thank you so much for calling the Yob Line. I forgot to mention Mm -hmm. in the tournament, you guys, losing your Yob Line virginity. That was also another item in our Yob bracket. So Wave Dave has lost his Yob Line virginity, as have so many others um, over the last, however long it's been, a couple years now of this Yob Line. So Wave Dave, so good to hear from you. Um, He referenced the belonging episode. With Gregory Coles, that's the one he he referenced in the message. And I'm glad he brought that one up actually, because it really does figure into our conversation today. I'm going to be referring to that um that concept of belonging, especially belonging in a church. like um, it's kind of fitting that he he referenced that as we talk about this topic today further. So thanks, wave Dave, for calling.
3: Yes, thank you very much. It's great to hear from you and i've I've seen your name and seen seen your text uh, so often, and I love that you called us. So thank you. Thank you for your kind words.
1: And we'll see you in the comments. Wave, Dave, <laughs> as we always do. Uh, we love our faithful comments. Thank you for commenting, everybody who does. And to sponsor this episode on church angst, you guys, angstiness bleeds out of our fingernails. Don't you agree? <laughs>
2: So a big, shout on, out.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> a big shout out to our sponsor of this episode, Black Nail Polish. You are the hero, the hero of this episode for giving, especially giving Enneagram 4s a voice. When we are feeling the feels, when we are angsty from head to toe and everywhere in between, um, Black Nail Polish, you give us the expression that we desperately need. So thank you, Black Nail Polish for fueling this episode on church angst. Isn't angst a fun word, you guys? I love saying that word.
3: Yeah, how would we define angst?
1: Angst, that's a good um, question. I should have, you know, I'm normally good about looking up words that that we like reference so we know, like we all have a common knowledge of what we're talking about, you know? But Mm -hmm. I did not do that with this. So I'm gonna look it up and see what Miss Miriam has to say. Queen Miriam. (laughs) Okay, Queen Miriam, she says, this is angst, a feeling of anxiety, apprehension, or insecurity. Anxiety, Mm. apprehension, insecurity. So that's what we're talking about as it relates to the church. Again, big C, little C, all the other Cs in between. Um, That's what we're talking about here today. So I thought it'd be good to open this episode and just kind of get a little quick backstory on all of our church journeys. Um, so we all know where we're all coming from. I know Ryan and I have shared various aspects of our church journeys in all these many episodes now, but, um, so we'll kind of rehash some of that, but then Aaron, you know, we're getting to meet you for the first time. So we'll get to hear, hear your church journey as well. So I guess just, yeah, in a, you know, 30 seconds, 30 seconds or less, like what is, what is your church journey? Like, Denominationally or um, geographically, if you've moved around, like that's kind of that's kind of what I'm looking for. Is just kind of like let's let's get the skeleton of our stories first, and then we'll kind of dive into what we've experienced along the way. So, Aaron, as our guest, why don't you tell us first how how have you gotten here? Tell us your journey. Did you grow up in the church? Did you find church along the way? Do you still go to church? Assuming we live in a non-COVID world, let's. I don't know. It's hard to jump around the logistics of this as far as going to church in 2021. But um, yeah, tell us real quick, just uh, what your journey with church has been.
2: Yeah, my church journey is a little bit of a windy road, but I have always been a part of a church. Um, Grew up in a Christian family, that cliche, but um, started out in a Lutheran church and um, moved during elementary school to a different city. And so we kind of looked around at different churches, ended up after a while landing on a non- denominational church and I was there probably 10 or 15 years. So a good chunk of my life. Um, and then went to a Baptist college and I'm back at a Lutheran church now. So still attending, currently attending virtually. So depending on how you feel about that in the COVID world, maybe I am or am not attending church currently, but yeah.
1: Nice. That's beautifully concise. It's like you've been podcasting for years. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. So professional. Uh, What about you, Ryan? What's your church journey looked like?
3: Yeah, I grew up in um, non-denominational churches that sort of lean conservative, lean Baptist-y in terms of their theology and their structure. I look back and I realize that I've actually had a very easy go of things with the churches I've been a part of. The more I've been, uh, the more I've gotten to know people in our community of uh, gay and same sex attracted believers, uh, the more I see like how many, uh, how many awful horror stories are out there. And I've come to appreciate that, um, that my background is actually uh, all things considered very good. And yeah, and so I think, um, there's uh, there's a lot of potential for problems in in non-denominational settings where there's not like a denominational uh, structure above your church. but I think in a lot of ways um, with some churches it gives them the freedom to to be there for me um, in really good ways that I think some denominations are struggling with right now.
1: Mm. Yeah, well said. Um, for myself, I grew up. <clears throat> I've had a mostly non-denominational, similar to you, Ryan. I think mostly non-denominational sort of journey with church, with some Baptistiness, ba- Baptistiness thrown in there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I grew up in a in a small community church in Pennsylvania, and then went to a larger Southern Baptist church, which I did not like at all um, when I was a kid growing up in high school. And then as I became an adult, I think it's been it's an interesting to figure it out. Like I don't have to go to my parents' church anymore. So now I have to figure out like, okay, what do I believe? What kind of church do I want? Um, And so when I lived in California for a while, I was really drawn to like big, I've always been drawn to music. And so I've always been drawn to like good worship. Like, can they, can they connect me with the Lord with good worship and not just like worship trapped in 1938 or something like, can I, can I connect with the Lord through, through whatever worship they put on? And so that was usually my biggest litmus test. I would say in my early twenties was like, how's the worship? And, and my life has evolved now. So now that I'm in my mid, my early thirties, like worship's still definitely important for sure. Like I, I would, I prefer to, uh, to connect with, uh, with the Lord and, and some, some good, good worship, good musicians. Um, But, you know, becoming, more involved with YAB and and just connecting with church and becoming more involved in ministry, um, I've definitely seen the importance of like a solid solid staff, solid pastor, solid um, solid teaching, and so that's kind of been more of more of my inclination, I guess, in in recent years, and certainly at the church I attend now, um, which again has Baptist Baptisty. Foundations and loose connections, but nothing like super affiliated at this point. So, so I've always been more comfortable not in the, the non, non-denominational realm, um, kind of for reasons that you were explaining, Ryan. Is like I don't know church politics. That's always been like this angsty thing in me. It's just like oh, like I just I hate people deciding things, and it just puts people off. And I we will get into all of that with with churches, but uh, but that's kind of a snapshot of my my journey as well. So I thought, you guys, we could approach this this topic of angst, this frustration or apprehension with the church by kind of looking at it in three three different prisms. So finding a church and then connecting with a church and then serving in a church. Um, I put this out to our yobbers on Facebook, and I wanted to hear from them what's caused you the most angst. And I told them they could vote on one, they could vote on two, or they could vote on all three. Um, and it was overwhelming, you guys. It was yeah, it was broke huddling levels of overwhelming in this the poll results, and um, thirty five out of like thirty nine forty it was it was like so tilted that most people have apprehension with connecting with a church, and we had four people vote on finding a church, four people voted on serving in a church, so, so there's some apprehension in those two areas, but it seems predominantly, and I would and I voted for connecting, I I, I voted connecting and finding, so. Um, it seems to be in our community, at least in our job community. But I think, you know, I would dare say the greater Side B community. I think that's a a source of a lot of church angst. It's getting connected. It's finding finding your people, finding your tribe, finding a way to um, to not just be a seat in the pew, but to be something a little more than that. To have to have that connection. Is that something you guys resonate with as well? Whether you voted or not. Like I'm not again not going to dive into the ballot box, but um, how has how has the effort of connecting in a church been for you?
2: I think it's been difficult. That's probably the one I've struggled with the most because there's so many churches out there. I think you can pretty easily find a church to at least try. And you can even usually do a little screening ahead of time. You get an idea of how do they land theologically on things? How does that line up with where I am? Um, or just have an idea based on the denomination. So. I think finding a church, um, I guess it depends how you define finding a church. If you're talking about just finding a place to try to connect to, then I think that's easy. But if you're trying to find a church that is a home, I think that's where connecting comes in. And so those are kind of coupled together where, um, you find a church and you have to see how is that going to actually work out? Is there going to be a place in that church for you to really feel like family, have community, and feel encouraged and like you're being spiritually poured too. Um, And I would say I've struggled with that. That's partly why I've been in different churches throughout my life.
1: Yeah, what about you, Ryan?
2: Yeah, I
3: think most of the angst in my life that has come from church involvement has been from trying to connect and be connected in the ways that I feel like I need. I think I've struggled to see how how my church community can take care of me in the midst of long-term, lifelong singleness or, or unmarriage. And, and I think there's uh, – and so the angst there is not not so much like um the church as as like the ecclesial structure of the church but more like the church community and like i would feel this around any uh you know kind of any any community i was trying to be a part of where um i just i just struggle to believe that the single people around me or not, sorry, not single people, the married people around me with their, with their jobs and their spouses and their kids and their pets and their houses have room in their life for me. And their plants. And their plants <laughs> and their, and their families, like their extended yeah. families.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I've often wondered, cause like I, I voted in, in that poll. I voted for finding a church and connecting in a church because For me finding a church like it was so maddening especially when i lived in southern california like i think people have this vision i don't know in america and outside of america people might have this vision of california as being this like godless bastion right but in southern california i mean my goodness there is a church on every corner thousands hundreds thousands of churches all denominations i mean there's so many millions of people living there it's just like a natural outpouring as there's so many churches to choose from and i would go crazy because i would be like how do I choose one? Cause I, I would visit one and some of the vibe just wasn't there. And I'd be like, okay, I'm not going to go back there again. Then there's other ones like, okay, I kind of liked, I love the worship or the, the teaching was good. And, and there would be like small churches, mega churches, big, you know, somewhere in the middle churches. And I was just like really struggling with how do I even find a church? Like what am I, what metrics am I using? Like what, um, is there one church that would be more conducive for connecting than others? Cause then that's the secondary stress the secondary source of angst is like how can i how can i connect and this was back when i go back to my california years this was back for the most part before i came out some i I did come out to the world in the middle of all that living out there but um but that was the other issue it's like i have um i have this story my sexuality that up until a certain juncture i never shared with anybody and so that was absolutely a part of wanting to get connected the stress of getting connected it's like is there a place that's safe that I can share this aspect of my life? And then after I publicly came out, after I wrote my book and after I was blogging about my sexuality, like um, that's now an open part of my story. And so, so then that became um, the next evolution of me trying to find a church, finding a community.
3: Yeah. On the topic of angst around finding a church, I remember the church that I'm a part of now. I think my angst, of coming to terms with my sexuality at the time, um, helped me, helped me settle on this church because, uh, my church at the time was very welcoming of the emotional experience of angst into the space, into the place of worship and into their worship. And they would, um, every summer they would adapt several of the Psalms into worship music that they would write and and arrange themselves. And there were these beautiful songs, but really just like, just like the Psalms, like engaging in this, uh, this darkness, this anxiety, this, um, this wrestling. And I remember going to this church and singing these songs and being like, okay, this is a place where I can bring my whole self into worship. Um, And yeah, that was, that was so helpful. And I think there is, there is really a place for, in the best churches, there is a place for our, our angst there.
1: Yeah. Our angst, our lament, that's a nice word to use as well.
2: Yeah. I think to your point about a church being on every corner, it's true that sometimes like the number of choices just makes it worse because it gives us this mentality that we can just shop around and try to find the perfect church for us. And I think that's hard to do in the first place. We don't always really know what we want or especially what we need. But the other thing is, if you think back to how the church started, like a city just had a church. It had a group of Christians that was in a location and, um, you know, they needed each other to survive the persecution, to survive this new found faith that was Christianity. And I think there's something that's lost when you progress to now a modern Christian nation where Christianity is a majority. It's cultural as much as it is spiritual. And so it's hard to find a church where it's full of people who really have the same zeal or the same necessity for that church community as like the original Christians would have. Um, I, yeah. I think it would be a lot simpler in some ways, if we could just go back to that where your city had a church and you just found a way to work through the differences in beliefs and find common ground and dwell on that. But, you know, 2,000 years later, that's not where we are.
1: It's like uh, I've always heard about of like denominations and the way churches changed so much in 2,000 years of like a game of telephone. Like you constantly from one generation to the next are telling, whispering something into someone's ear and they whisper it to the next and they have their traditions and their cultures and it like everything just keeps changing as now here we are 2000 years later with untold numbers of denominations and ways of doing church, um, structurally, philosophically. And so it's, uh, I'm glad you brought that up just to have like a, a little bit of a historical perspective on the way, on the way it was. And that's my metric for like ideal church is Like, how can I, how can I find a church that exists like that I read about in acts? Like where, where does that exist? Is that a thing where people just like are able to all take care of each other and live together and, live in just like that reliance that sweet reliance on one another in the location that they're in like what a what a beautiful concept
3: i wonder if people in that like acts 2 church or whatever were looking back on like man wonder if it's possible to just go back to the time when like <laughs> the apost- the uh the disciples were following jesus around and they were just like walking around in the mm-hmm. you know and in, in the region and
1: yeah like, yeah we're always looking for greener pastures, forward, backward, <laughs> any anywhere else. But all we have is right now, right? All we have is where we are. So it's like, how can we, how can we help bring the kingdom here and now? Like that's that's the goal. It's like we can long all we want for the good old days, <laughs> the good old days, two thousand years ago. But uh, but yeah, what what do we? How can we do the best with what we have, with what we're working with? Um, I wanted to bring up this concept of coming out and, and talking about our sexuality in a church. Cause one of the guys in our group, um, he had this question to ask on the heels of the Gregory Coles episode. We kind of touched on that. Um, the concept of belonging, I actually asked Greg one of our, I think it was the last question I asked him was like, like, how do we just belong? How do we, do we need to, do we need to share our stories first to belong? Do we, um, do we just belong first and then serve? Like, how does this all, how does this all connect? Um, this, this ethereal concept of, um, of belonging, um, and so someone in the group asked, "When do you come out to your church? At the beginning of your relationship, or as as your relationship with the church deepens? How has how, how have you guys approached that? As you've because uh... I feel like we're all on varying levels of out with our sexuality. Um, so, Aaron, like, what about you? Like, when when have you been open about your sexuality? in as far as your your relationship with the with the local church,
2: mm, great question." Um... Yeah, so I didn't start the coming out journey until college. And so, you know, at that point, our our college had lots of church services and things, and I was bouncing around to a lot of churches, and I was going to churches, but none of them really felt like my home church. And so I didn't feel a need or even a desire at that point to try to come out to a church because I I felt like there was going to be a more permanent church coming around the, the corner. And since I ended up back in this Lutheran church, it actually it's a church that I grew up in and my family has been a part of for a long time. And um, you know, I wasn't necessarily planning to go back there. It just was on the list of churches that I wanted to check out and give a chance and ended up there. Um, and with that, because my family's known there, I'm somewhat known there, especially by the pastors. Um, and I felt like for me, by that time, I'd, I'd pretty much come on. I was fairly open, even if I wasn't always shouting it from the rooftops. Um, but my conviction was, if I'm going to be part of a church, part of a body, I think one of the big hiccups that I've had in connection in the past is that I never felt known. And I never felt the space to be known. Um, and I was too paralyzed by the fear of what the church might do if I came out, to ever come out and actually, you know, remove the straight Aaron mask and let people see and love the SSA gay Aaron. Um, and so I really wanted to make a change with that. And I didn't feel like I needed to go stand up in front of the congregation and, and tell everybody, hey, you know, I'm gay. Uh, but I did feel like if I was going to make any church work, I needed to know that the church leadership was going to have my back that they understood who I was and that they understood my theology, that we agreed how should I approach terminology or speaking within their church. Um, and that if, you know, I decided that I felt inclined to come out in a small group or to come out to certain church members. And that then started to spread through the church that it wasn't going to come as a surprise to the leadership who then feels a sudden pressure by Maybe the you know congregation feeling good. Maybe the congregation not being so crazy about my testimony, and feeling like they need to respond on a spur of the moment to my story without ever having sat down, and really felt and heard and experienced what I'm walking through. Um, so I did. I came out to my head pastor, uh, and he took it really well. I, I thought it was a good conversation to have. Our church has had a bit of a rocky history with LGBT. Um, the Lutheran church had a big split when I was in high school over the issue of homosexuality. And our church was really torn up trying to decide what to do about that split. They ended up deciding to break off from whatever the, the mainstream Lutheran American Church Association was that was switching to affirming same-sex marriage relationships. And we're part of a ch- group of churches that created their own denomination, a new Lutheran denomination um, that held a traditional view on marriage. And so with that, uh, the head pastor previous to the current head pastor spoke out a lot on sexuality, and he found a way to wrap it into most sermons. He wrote a lot of books on it, was very vocal outside of the church as well. And so it's something that you know, he had good theology, but didn't always approach it with the right verbiage, mentality, grace, uh, or just the understanding of the actual people in the situation. And so I was a little nervous about how the church would respond to my testimony, just knowing the history. Um, but I think it helps that, you know, for me, the pastor took it well. I know the pastor is going to support me. I know that they're comfortable with me if I ever wanted to do any sort of service or leadership in the church. They would support me in that. And I think it's important for people to have that assurance from the leadership, even if they don't want to come out wider spread to know that if this ever does, you know, spread in your congregation, that you're not going to find yourself having put all this time and energy being known and loved by a church, just to have them, the leadership kind of react and decide that you don't have a place there anymore.
1: Yeah. I'm glad you shared all that. Yeah, thanks for sharing. It's because uh, yeah, you mentioned the Lutheran Church, and I know recently, as of this recording, like the Methodist Church recently had a had a split over this issue, and um, and fairly recently, like weeks, month, if not month or two, the the North American Anglican Church um, had had a. Something to say, I put out a statement about verbiage about what language to use with um, with regards to to sexuality, sexual identity. So, um, so I know that this this has caused a lot of grief to a lot of people, and I've never had that issue denominationally, but um, I know that that's that's something that a lot of our listeners um, can relate to, and so my heart goes out to people who have been hurt by um, by these church splits or by these denominational statements um, that have come up in in recent years. Um, that's you, Ryan.
3: So first I'll say that I have the privilege of living in an area with lots of great churches and so'm um, yeah. I'm, I'm in a place where I can say, hey if things don't work out with this church, um, there are a few other good churches to go to and so I'm, I'm maybe not in a, the same quite the same dilemma as uh, other people might be if, if they're in a, a different country or a more rural area. Um, that being said, I first came out to my church leadership or not the whole leadership in general, but the, like the lead teaching pastor at one of the uh, one of the membership classes I went to I called my church home for like four or five years before I ever became a member. and so at one of these membership classes they were talking about, marriage and how important marriage is and how great it is for our community and and how big of a sanctification thing it was and just a lot of a lot of stuff about how we want kind of like we want we want everyone to be married and so i approached him afterwards and i was like so i uh struggle with same-sex attraction because that was how i described myself at the time and i'm just not sure like what uh, what is, does all that mean for me? Like, what's your, what's your vision for me? Cause I don't think I'm going to get married. I don't really want to get married to a woman. And so where does that leave me? Could you clarify your position? And that gave him, gave him a chance to say, Hey, to say, uh, Hey, like you belong here. We want you here. Like, I would like to talk with you more about that. Like, we don't think maybe, yeah, maybe we just overstated it a little bit. and and I think that um, having that conversation and being out to them and various other people uh, on staff, various other pastors over time has been a good reminder to them. I guess that um, that they have lots of different kinds of people in the church. I've had one pastor tell me after uh, after a men's seminar one Saturday morning, he said, you know, I had, I had this whole section on my outline about how, um, how marriage is the way God sanctifies us. And then I saw you in the audience and I knew I couldn't, I knew I had to change my plan. Like I had to cut that part and talk about something else. And, um, and so I think with that experience, Um, if I were looking for a new church, I would, I would, uh, be, I would have those conversations early with the church leadership because I think it's helpful for them. Um, and, and it helps me know sooner rather than later, am I going to be butting heads all the time with the leadership on these issues? Uh, is this going to be a safe place for me? Like you said, Aaron, are they going to be on my side? Um, or are they going to see me as some like outside outside force, you know, attacking their um, their bright shining institution of what we know is good and right? Um, so, yeah, I think that's that's how I would answer that question. I think it's better to to have those conversations early. Do you need to be out to the whole church? No, um, I don't. I don't think you need to cross that bridge till you, um, you know you don't need to do that immediately. But, um, but I think at least with some of the leadership, uh, you can, you can avoid a lot of heartache and a lot of, a lot of, uh, wasted time that way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I wrestle with the tension of like wanting, wanting to get that over with sooner than later, but then also not wanting, like, I don't want to be known as like, that's I'm the gay guy. Like I'm the gay Christian or the SSA person or whatever. Like, I don't want that to be my, dominant identity in the church like other people feel differently about like how they're perceived or what labels they're using but but it's like i don't want i don't want to carry that mantle like i don't want to have that be the thing that that i'm known for in the leader with the leadership like i i'm just that you know and so i wrestle with the tension of like wanting to actually legitimately have those conversations and know um know that i'm supported and loved and and that my perspective is heard but then but then also like but yeah i also have all these other attributes and qualities that that also warrant connection you know but
3: i think having that conversation early can help you tell whether or not they're gonna see you that way or not um because you could you could wait three years and then come out to them and suddenly that's that's what they're all about to you or that's what they think you're all about
1: yeah
2: right well and i think as unfortunate as it is we're going to just sort of naturally be the gay guy a little bit, sure. because it's just, it's still pretty taboo in most churches and most pastors still buy into this idea. That there's nobody sitting in their congregation or there's very, very few people sitting in their congregation who are experiencing any amount of same-sex attraction. And so I think getting the opportunity to sit down and let them know that isn't the case uh, is helpful for us. It's also difficult for us. And I think it's helpful for them as well as it's difficult for them to have to face a complicated topic that maybe they didn't ever really want to dive into the depth that we need them to. Um, but my my hope is always that if I can be the gay guy so that somebody else can come out later and that's sort of just a, a side note so that they can help get some of the specific type of ministry that they need and then not be associated so strongly with their sexuality and that's that's a win for everybody and that's the only way the church ever really gets better i think is by people doing that sort of thing being a little bit self-sacrificial sometimes
1: yeah absolutely um and my heart just goes out to people cuz like even though for a while there i had a really hard time finding a church getting connected sharing my story like it was it, it, i constantly likened it to like putting my feet in the shallow end and, and like it being frigid water and trying to like coax myself into the water, but it just was so hard to, to come out to people. And, um, one guy was, was really brave to share this, that he said, after being abused in the church, um, not trying to connect or serve or serve, I'm only trying to worship in safety. Um, and so I know there are a lot of people who come in with a lot of wounds, a lot of baggage with the church to put it lightly. Um, and that the concept of connecting and serving is not even like, it's not even on the like near horizon, but it's just like, just to go somewhere and worship and to have a seat in the in the pew is a, is a success in and of itself. But, but man, I really do hope that there's, there's room for people to, to get connect, not only just get connected, but to serve as well. Um, and I've been really blessed at like the church where I go to now here in Nashville, like I've been able to just have some really great conversations with, with a lot of the leadership team and um, started a ministry last year, just as really awful timing, really, just as the pandemic was starting tried try to get a, a group going, for uh for sexual minorities in the church and we were able to connect in zoom and we've been able to connect here and there um in small gatherings over the last year and that's been really great but um i'm really looking forward to to hopefully you know getting to to serve more and being able to connect and share more of my story with the church because it's been it's, it's been a blessing to have that conversation early on and to to feel the support to feel the love um to the point that it is now. And, and that's kind of where I wanted to, to wind the conversation up was the concept of ministry and the concept of serving. Cause, um, the reason I didn't vote that option in the poll is, is two reasons. Cause number one, like for years and years and years, like it's only been until the last couple of years that I've even thought about serving. So I wasn't ever stressed or angsty about serving. Cause that wasn't even a possibility for me, honestly, for like I just wanted to find a church, like give me a church I can actually attend weekly. Maybe find a small group to to join up with and and that's fine. Like I had no concept of serving. It was nothing that was giving me stress or angst for for years. And then and then when I found a church where it was possible, like there was no angst about it. Like I just shared my story and felt like I wanted to serve and and there was an opportunity to do that and so then I just kind of have Mosied into it. And so, so I'm curious how you guys approach the concept of of serving in ministry, either how have you done it? Or if you haven't, um, is that something that you you want to do? Um, both, I guess, in your local church, but then the bigger picture, the bigger church as well.
3: Yeah. So for uh, about seven years of my church, I served in the kids ministry. I taught Sunday school for third to fifth graders. And that is a place where I think a lot of non-straight people find a lot of anxiety in serving because because there's stigma around same-sex attraction. I think there's been um there's been a lot of very irresponsible conflation of same-sex attraction with um with uh pedophilia or, or um you know child abuse and uh Yeah, so...
1: Yeah, Ryan, I wanted to interject real quick because I'm glad you mentioned youth ministry because one of our yabbers said this, it's an unwritten rule in my head that it's a don't ask, don't tell situation, the especially the bigger and more conservative your church is. So I know that that is a, a feeling that so many of our listeners, myself included, because mm-hmm. I've, I've worked at camps and tutoring and I've always wondered, like, should I... I've never been involved in a youth ministry um, with a local church and that's always been in the back of my head, like, what would certain people think
3: right yeah and when i started serving in the kids ministry i wasn't publicly out i wasn't publicly out to the church i had had a few conversations with some of the pastors but it wasn't something that i went into with with an explicit sense of um they like people know you know um and so I eventually wound up uh, starting a ministry at my church for non straight people. And in that process, kind of uh, put myself in a you know, very much more public position with my sexuality. And, um, and I was very careful about how to, how to approach that given my role in the kids ministry you know i um made sure to run it run run the uh run my messaging by the pastors a lot i made sure to um, include the director of the kids ministry ahead of time to make sure that she wasn't surprised by anything because the last thing i want is for me to post post this blog post on the church blog and then she's caught off guard and getting all sorts of emails from parents and she doesn't know what to say. She feels, um, like under pressure to say something and maybe says the wrong thing. Um, so just, yeah, for me, it meant like being very careful each step of the way to make sure, um, there was communication there make sure people knew, Hey, I want you to talk to me and not about me. Um, let's have, you know, let's have conversations if you want to have conversations. At the end of the day, it was kind of like a big, uh, a big nothing burger, as they say. Um, They, you know, I started this ministry, posted this coming out blog post on the church blog. And to my knowledge, nobody was upset. Um, You know, parents would come and pick up their kids from my classroom. Some of them were Uh, Some of them were warmer than usual. Some of them were colder than usual, but I didn't know, you know, I, there was no way of knowing is this because they read the church blog post? you know, which like who reads the church blog? I don't know. Um, I don't. (laughs) Right. And so, yeah, that's, I mean, I don't know. Part of it, part of it was like the experience of coming out where you just have to let go of knowing what people know or or don't know about you. Um, (sighs) Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. I again, I will say that my church, I I can see how my experience is very is is quite atypical, where um, where I felt safe, I felt supported, I felt um, I felt protected by my church leadership, and that made me feel like I could continue to serve in the kids ministry and, uh, and still be, uh, be known publicly, uh, with regard to my sexuality.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. What about you, Aaron?
2: Yeah, I think I resonate a bit with what you said, Tom, where I was just trying to connect to the church and feel like I belonged and make, make friendships and have like a Christian body. Um, so serving didn't really, crossed my mind too much. I mean, I thought about it at times, but I never felt ready until I felt like I was known by my church and accepted by my church in some way, I, you know, just seen, I guess. Um, and I was actually planning to help kind of kickstart a ministry for non-straight people as well, pre-COVID and folks through a wrench and all of that. So there's still hopes to do that. Um, once I came out to my pastor, we tried to be intentional about connecting regularly for a while, um, for a number of months, we only met once a month, but it was a good experience and a good opportunity for us to kind of re get to know each other a little bit. Cause he'd been a family friend for a long time. Uh, but I didn't necessarily know him on a very personal level that well. And, um, those conversations allowed me to have a space to ask questions and to throw out ideas of how could we as a church better serve sexual minorities? And is there a place for me to help with that? Um, and are you supportive of that and open to that? So I think my church, I've been fortunate as well, uh, like you, Ryan, where my church has generally been pretty supportive. I know I have the added advantage that my, the lead pastor and most people in that church have known my grandparents forever known my family, known me since I was young growing up, and they just, they know I'm not going to be the kind of person who's intentionally running around, stirring up trouble or trying to change theology or do things like that. Like when I come forward with a concern, um, I think there was a certain level of trust already that it was because there was something real that was happening. And I think that's part of the, the difficulty of coming out to leadership in a church where you're not known yet is. It's going to take time for the church leadership to realize whether or not you're just somebody coming off the street who's trying to come be a radical agent of the left or of the LGBT community, trying to usurp the Christian doctrines. (laughs) And I think it's fair for people to have some of those concerns. So just like we need a lot of grace from the church, I think the church needs a lot of grace from us as we're going through the coming out process. But I also think that a good church is going to allow us to have a right to exist and be a part of that church and be ministered by that church and in some capacity at the very least to minister in that church.
3: Yeah. I would, I would say for anyone looking for a church and looking for a place to serve um, like definitely build rapport at the church before you try to serve in the kids ministry or or work with high schoolers or something Um, you know, there's and even like serving in other places is a great way to build that rapport to build that trust, to build that sense of like, Hey, Ryan or Aaron or Tom is really invested here. They're, they he, they've invested a lot of time, a lot of energy, and they really care about this community and this church. Um, so I think there are some of the, the angstier places to serve, um, maybe some of that, some of that angst could possibly uh, be mitigated by just like spending some time in building rapport and don't try to jump straight into um, those more sensitive areas.
1: Yeah, that's a good, it's a good suggestion. Um, I wanted to read this story from our yobbers, because he had these two experiences, he's on staff with these churches. And um, I know there's a lot of church staff listening whether you're gay or ssa or 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 straight we have a straight pastor listenership as well so um so i hope that uh i hope this would yeah just be illuminating it would be encouraging to anyone regardless of of where you are in uh, in church in church roles um but this one guy shared this in the interview process um the first mega church i went for an on-site interview sat me down in a meeting with their executive team in that meeting the pastor told me point blank that if i wanted to work there and i quote i had to put myself back in the closet until he was ready to talk about it a few weeks later i found and accepted the job at my current church where my pastor and our staff are super passionate about caring for people like us he told me point blank that he would put me that he would put the church and his reputation on the line to make sure people like me had a place to belong and serve. The day he said that, my jaw completely dropped. So, I know people have hard experiences with the church, especially when it comes to coming out and sharing your story that uh shouldn't happen. Like it breaks my heart that it does, but I would encourage anyone like yeah, it's it's so easy to give up and I've given up for times like I just thought it was too hard. I'm not going to go to church anymore. Um, so I've definitely had my seasons of just letting the angst overtake me, as fours like to do. Um, humans like to do, you know, not just fours. But uh, um, it's my hope that yeah, people would would find some hope in um, that there are awesome churches out there, and and I'm glad you mentioned Grace Aaron because like it's it's easy to like. I think we talked about this a little bit with Greg, but like it's easy to point a finger at the church and look at all the ways, the re- all the reasons that the church is broken and flawed and not doing a good job. Like, yes, we can do that, but we can also show grace. And we can also realize that the church, a lot of the church is still learning about homosexuality and learning about people experiencing same sex attraction. And like, and maybe it's, maybe it is on you. Maybe it's not, maybe it is though. Maybe it is on you to, to share some of your story with some people one at a time and, and to help, help continue that education process and, and education leads to empathy. And, and then out of that, who knows, who knows what can happen?
2: Yeah. And I think it's not fair that the burden falls on us when we're already just trying to tread water and survive to have to then go above and beyond and make the change that we need Mm -hmm. in the church so that we can just survive in most cases. Um, but it also is the reality that we seem to live in. And that, that might be the only way that we, we see change. I mean, going back a little bit to your comment and all the different statements that have come out recently, I'm right alongside everybody else where I'm very frustrated with the capital seat in America.
1: Yeah, we didn't even mention the Nashville statement. When I Matt know. A stir a little.
2: <laughs> we could do a let's, whole let's, podcast. Let's open little, that though. up again. Yeah. <laughs>
1: if y'all want to google the nashville statement you can check it out check it out for yourself but uh
2: yeah but i think what's so frustrating is we you know the majority of us listening and and part of this community we feel like the common ground that we have with the majority of conservative churches is that we are willing to forego sex marriage um and some of the deepest seated desires in our culture, but also in a lot of our churches. Mm -hmm. And it feels like we're giving up a lot by doing that. And then the churches turn around and don't receive that. They go, that's great. Thank you. But we really need you to use this verbage. We need you to not come out too quickly. We need you to do X, Y, Z thing, try to change whatever it may be. Um, and so while the church deserves grace, it also needs to do better. And I think if the church spent the amount of time chastising other rampant sins within its own body, like things like uh just typical heterosexual promiscuity. I mean, I don't, I hardly know any Christian friends even who waited till marriage to have sex. And I like, I think that's a problem. I think gay people having sex is a problem too. So it's not an either or kind of thing, but um, I just think that's where some of the angst comes from for a lot of people is that, Mm
3: -hmm.
2: you know, my parents divorced when I was young and I guarantee that had much farther reaching ramifications, not just for me and the whole family, but also for the church body and for their community. Than somebody using a particular identifier yeah. language yeah. has. And so I think it's not necessarily that there isn't wisdom and truth and fairness in some of the critiques of the side B community or just SSA Christians in general, but um, those of us who want to meet in the middle ground feel like nobody's willing to ride out and meet us there. They just want, they want total surrender on everything, their terms only. And that's it, and they're not willing to, to have the conversation further than that.
3: Yeah, um, yeah. Like I don't, I don't need a church that loves the sinner and hates the sin. I need a church that loves the sinner and hates their own sin.
1: Mm-hmm. Many years ago, free from having to go to the church that my parents made me go to, I started to look for one of my own call it church shopping or church searching, whatever you will, I just wanted to be a part of something, to have somewhere to go on a weekly basis, sure, but to be a part of a bigger network, something that lasts more than just 90 minutes once a week on a Sunday morning. I started trying out some small groups and very quickly got frustrated, disappointed, and a little hopeless, if I'm honest. One in particular was dubbed a young professionals group because there were no other groups at this church for 20-somethings, people beyond the scope of college. I may have been young, but I didn't see anything professional about me. Working in retail, sitting around a table with teachers and nurses and accountants Business folk. I didn't belong. Another church and another group, I also went to the group made for 20 somethings and experienced the exact opposite effect. With music blaring and wild and wacky games, it almost felt like a glorified youth group, people trying to extend the hourglass on those years (laughs) as teenagers and I'd never felt so old in a room of people. As I've had years to process my church shopping and what I was looking for in a church, and in particular, a small group of individuals, I realized that my sexuality has had a large part to play in those decisions, in my expectations. And while this may not be true for every gay or SSA identifying individual. I certainly find it true of me and I suspect many others out there that because I'm not dating that I don't foresee myself dating another person for the foreseeable future. I've translated a lot of those expectations into my local church to find someone that will complete me fulfill me, be there for me, not just once a week, but every day, all week long, to say I do, back to me, and never fail me. And while it's good and right to expect something from our local churches, I wonder if I've simply been expecting too much, or simply not expecting the right things. Author Ronald Rollheiser had this to say about how some look at the church in his book, The Holy Longing. He says this, we go to church looking for friendship or ideological soulmates and often do not find them. This does not necessarily mean that there is something wrong with the church, merely that we have false expectations. To be an apostolic community, church, is not necessarily to be with others with whom we are emotionally ideologically and otherwise compatible. Rather, it is to stand shoulder to shoulder and hand in hand, precisely with people who are very different from ourselves and with them, hear a common word, say a common creed, share a common bread and offer a mutual forgiveness. So as in that way, to bridge our differences and become a common heart. Church is not about a few like-minded persons getting together for mutual support. It is about millions and millions of different kinds of persons transcending their differences so as to become a community beyond temperament, race, ideology, gender, language, and background. He goes on to say this, Church community can never be a functional substitute for emotional and sexual intimacy. It is not intended to be. One shouldn't go to church looking for a lover. And so, my brothers, those of you well-integrated with your local churches and those of you farther out, beyond even the shadows, in the middle pews or the back row or sleeping in on Sunday mornings, to the fulfilled and the forlorn, May God show grace on us for all the wounds we've received, for all the baggage we carry. By His grace, may we find healing and growth in this life. And may we also learn to show grace to the church. May we feel and indeed believe in this call to contribute as a member of Christ's body. That we have an incredibly important role to contribute, stories to share, empathy to build, hope to offer. May our own integration with the church make the church a better church, a stronger church, more complete for both current and future generations. Better and stronger for the outcast, better and stronger for the desperate, better and stronger for the angst-ridden. God go with us ever and always, his people his body, his church.
3: So, uh, Tom and Aaron, I have two quotes of dubious attribution. That is to say that um, I, I will make a claim of who said them, but I, I don't even know. <laughs> I, I don't have the receipts to back it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one supposedly comes from Kierkegaard, via my father. Um, Kierkegaard supposedly said, if you find the perfect church, don't go, you'll just mess it up. Mm. Um, the other quote is from uh, Augustine of Hippo, uh, supposedly. Uh, he said, uh, of the church, he said, she may be a whore, but she's still my mother. <laughs> and
1: <laughs> Good night, folks. Yeah, that's so and, good. And I love, I love
3: I love the, the tension and the balance in these ideas that um, that the church is imperfect, but, but in a sense, that's kind of the point. Like it's kind of a beautiful thing that, um, that God is his plan a for all of the church's imperfections. His plan a is, is the church on earth. Um, and the trajectory that he has set us on is one of the church eventually, coming into its own, into her own as um as the body of Christ, the body of Jesus on earth. So I think that while we've had a lot of angst, there is so much hope and there are so many promises from God about this. Amen.
1: Well said, Ryan slash Kierkegaard. Thank you. Yeah. No, <laughs> that's that's really awesome. Um yeah, it's our hope. It's our hope that uh however f- strong or fragile your hope is <laughs> in the local church that uh you hang on for another day because we're all we're all in this together. We're all part of the body, and let's um, let's make do with what we have. And it's going to be hard. It's not going to be easy by any stretch. But um, we're hoping that day by day we're uh, making some progress on this effort. Uh, if you guys enjoyed this episode, or even if you didn't, if you have thoughts, we want to hear your thoughts. Um, just like Wave Dave likes to comment, you can comment too. Go over to yourotherbrothers.com other brothers.com slash podcast. Find the episode seventy seven post on church angst. Um, share us your story about finding a church, connecting with a church, serving in a church. Um, we'd love to hear your perspective, your journey of um, of getting connected with a church, and what your what your level of hope is, um, or what your level of angst is. We would love to to rally rally around each other um, in the comments section. So go ahead and check that out. And thank you, black nail polish. <laughs> <laughs> for polishing this episode. <laughs> we were we really leaned into the angst here today. But um yeah, it's uh it's all good. We're all we're all still in this ship together and onward. Onward, brothers. Aaron, it was so good to have you on the show. This has been such mm-hmm. a long time coming.
2: Yes, yes. I'm glad to be a part of it. It's been really fun. And-
1: little little spoiler backstory. Aaron, it was my hope that you would have made your Yobcast be- debut at least a month ago. But we had to like... It was so annoying. We had to have Dr. Preston Sprinkle on the show and Dr. Gregory Coles <laughs> on the show. They totally uh, delayed your appearance.
2: <laughs> who do they think they are? Coming into our was- community from outside. I
1: remember... We Aaron, I think you and I talked about it like it must have been December or January, I, I think, about like having you on the show. And here we are in April now, finally having you on yeah. the show. So it's been a while, it's been a long time coming. But um but yeah, it's our hope that you'll forgive Doctor the doctor's sprinkle and coals for the delay.
3: We need to eat more apples to keep these doctors. <laughs> way
1: yeah <laughs> yeah Up um, the
3: apple conception
1: yeah it was just it was one of those things one of those tiny things but Aaron I think it went well I think we'll have you back so we look forward to awesome. talking again soon um, I think that's going to do it you guys another great episode love all of you guys for listening for supporting the community um, we'll be back next time for another podcast production tune in next week for another ComboCast. for all your other brothers my name is Tom
3: This is Ryan. And I'm Aaron.
1: And as our coffee mug and our Yob Madness bracket says, you are not alone. Even the sparrow finds a home. See you next time, everybody. Bye, everyone. Bye.
0: Thanks for listening to Your Other Brothers Podcast. Our show is edited and produced by Thomas Mark Zuniga. Theme music is Fear Is Not My Lover by Nathan Russo. We'd love to hear your story. Comment on this or any of our episodes at yourotherbrothers.com Slash podcast, or share a story to play back on our show by calling us at seven zero six three eight nine eight zero zero nine. You can also email us at podcast at brothers dot com, or write to us at your other brothers PO Box eight four three, Asheville, North Carolina two eight eight zero two. If you enjoy our show, consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at your other bros. Finally. If you'd like to further support our storytelling, community-building efforts, consider becoming a Yabber. Yobbers pledge monthly on Patreon and receive perks, like bonus podcast content, access to a secret Facebook group, regular group calls with fellow patrons and authors, and more. Visit patreon.com slash yourotherbros for more information. Until we journey next time, we're glad you're with us.